Welcome to Surface Knowledge, the only podcast that provides you with useless information for a useful reason. Never again be stuck without an interesting tidbit or fun fact in any social situation. Here's your host, Max Curtin. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Surface Knowledge Podcast. Now, I guess seeing as this is the first episode of a brand new show, let me just take a quick second here to tell you why we're all here. So, I've been in the podcasting and contact game for many years now. I do podcasts for work, I even like doing podcasts as a hobby, which is what this show is, uh, which makes me a very cool person, I feel. But I haven't done a purely solo show in a while, and I wanted to do, you know, I've always wanted to do a show around history or space, for example. I even had this idea for a podcast once that looked at pivotal moments in history and seeing what changes were brought about because of their impact. However, I quickly realized during the planning and the prep phase of all of that that you kind of have to be an expert on at least one area, well, of anything really, and I was spending ages researching and learning, which kind of killed the drive to do it. And something I learned about myself a long time ago is that I do have a lot of surface knowledge on a variety of subjects, but no real expertise. It kind of comes with the whole journalism thing. you got to learn all these different stuff and then move on to the next story. I think a lot of people can relate to the surface knowledge experience. When I was doing this research for the show, I kind of found people finding the same thing, but they looked at it as a negative. And I kind of look at it as the opposite, because for myself, it's come in extremely useful in many situations it's afforded me very cool opportunities by just talking absolute nonsense so that is why we are here together we are going to gain even more surface knowledge about a variety of subject matters so my promise to you is that each episode of this show will be no longer than 20 minutes we're going to take quick dives into a beautiful ocean of fascinating facts and stories so without further ado welcome everyone to episode one on the wildest hoaxes in history. So we're going to start off this whole show by exploring how to fool the world through three little fun stories that I found about hoaxes. You know, the impact they had and some fun facts that I kind of picked up along the way. Hopefully you find them fun. I found them interesting as I was as I was looking at this. Uh, if we take a little bit of backstory on hoaxes first though, because... People have always been fascinated with the possibility of something extraordinary or beyond the mundane. If we take examples such as the Loch Ness Monster uh, or Crop Circles. And Crop Circles is a weird one because it seems like that was such a major part of history that happened for a while. Everyone was obsessed with them and then they just kind of fizzled out. Very strange with Crop Circles. Maybe we'll do an episode. We'll see. But it begs the question, what is it about hoaxes that make them so appealing to not only the creators of them, but the believers? And I reckon one reason could be argued for, obviously, the thrill of getting away with something, of of pulling the wool over someone's eyes and just seeing how far you can take something. And personally, I think this is the most legitimate reason. For others, though, it is a sense of power that comes with being able to shape public opinion or even policy. We've seen this throughout history. The, the art of deception has been used to gain anything from fame and fortune to political power, for example. But 
it's not just the creators who are responsible for hoaxes. There would be no hoaxes if people didn't pay attention to them. The public's fascination with the extraordinary has led them to believe in some crazy things. So, let's get started as we explore the art of deception and the famous hoaxes throughout history. So let's kick off with my first little hoax story here. Now, this is one I had no idea about. This came about during the research when I was looking at stories, and it's called the Great Moon Hoax of 1835. Now, this all started with the New York Sun. It was a newspaper that published a series of articles, and it claimed that the famous astronomer Sir John Herschel had made an astounding discovery. According to these articles, Herschel had peered through his telescope and found life on the moon. Now, bear in mind, this is 1835. So, the articles described all sorts of these kind of fantastical and crazy creatures that lived on the moon. They were saying that they had things such as unicorns and winged humanoids, and my personal favourite, even beavers that walked on two legs. It said that the moon had these lush vegetation, it had oceans, and entire cities filled with strange beings. Now, from a 2023 perspective, you would read that article and be like, this is absolute nonsense, and this is crazy. However, the articles were so detailed and convincing, and the storytelling was so rich that many people did actually believe them to be true. The New York Sun saw a massive increase in sales, and it became one of the most popular newspapers in the country off the back of these stories. So the articles themselves were actually written by a man named Richard Adams Locke. He was a reporter for the New York Sun, and Locke really had a knack for writing sensational stories, and he saw an opportunity maybe to boost the paper circulation with this kind of wild tale of life on the moon. Of course, why this is in this list, and you'll see a theme emerge, that this hoax was eventually exposed, and the New York Sun was kind of embarrassed when people came to realise this was not true. Uh, but even after the truth came out, and it was all admitted that this was false and not correct, and it was done to sensationalise, people still clung to the idea that there might still be life on the moon. Interestingly, Sir John Herschel, who had no kind of part in this, or knowledge in this, they just put his name to it and said he discovered it, uh, he wasn't actually upset by the hoax. In fact, he was amused by the whole thing, and he even ended up writing a letter to the editor of the New York Sun, thanking them for the ingenious fiction. So Sir John Herschel had a great sense of humour and could roll with the punches. But it raises the question of why did Locke do it, and that can never be answered for sure, but there is speculation. Um, as we mentioned previously, he was trying to boost sales for the newspaper, while others believed that he may have had more of a political agenda behind it. At the time, there was this heated debate about the merits of science versus religion, and some believed that Locke was trying to make a statement about the power of science to really capture the public's imagination. But regardless of which way that was leaning and why that was done, the Great Moon Hoax had this kind of lasting impact on pop culture. It was inspiring countless works of science fiction and fantasy literature. It helped contribute to films, TV shows, all these other kinds of media. And it kind of remains a fascinating example of how a hoax can really capture the public imagination and become part of the cultural fabric of a society by kind of putting that dream and possibility that there could be something out there in the world. Time for story number two, or hoax number two is the Piltdown Man. So in 1912, Charles Dawson, who was a lawyer and amateur archaeologist, 
he discovered skull fragments and a jawbone in a gravel pit in Piltdown, England. So the fragments were then taken to the British Museum, where they were examined by these prominent anthropologists, and they were actually declared to be a major scientific find. The Piltdown Man was believed to be an early human ancestor, with a brain the size that was larger than apes and a jaw that was similar to that of a human. Now, the Piltdown Man was initially believed to be a major anthropod anthropological find. I knew I was going to mess up that word eventually. The skull fragments and jawbone were said to be approximately 500,000 years old, which at the time would have made them the oldest human remains ever discovered. And it was going to be this huge, mind-blowing discovery. And in fact, the scientific community was so quick to embrace this discovery, uh, they hailed it as the missing link in the evolution of humans. It wasn't long after this that the Piltdown Man became a household name. The discovery was reported in newspapers all around the world. Loads of scientists rushed to examine the remains. And in 1915, so three years after the discovery, that's how long this kind of went on for, the British Museum unveiled a reconstruction of the Piltdown Man, complete with a full uh, first suit. And it had all this great fanfare and announcements, and everyone was there to kind of see it being unveiled. But, unfortunately, as I mentioned, three years, everyone's basing their research around this. They think this is a new missing link between how humans evolved. But then cracks started to appear in the Piltdown Man story. Skeptics came in and they started to note that the skull and the jawbone appear to be two different species. Others pointed out that the teeth and the jawbone had been filed down to make them appear more human-like than what they actually were. But despite all of these doubts, it took more than 40 years for the truth to come out and for this to be revealed as a hoax. So it wasn't until 1953 that it was revealed that the Piltdown Man was in fact a hoax. The skull was a human cranium, but they combined it with an orangutan jaw stained with iron to make it look older than it was. It was almost a masterful forgery that had fooled the scientific community for literally decades. And... The discovery of this, that the Piltdown Man was a hoax, this was a major blow to the field of paleontology. It delayed the acceptance of other important discoveries, such as the Tang Child, a skull that was discovered in South Africa in 1924, and confirmed that that was actually a genuine uh, humanoid fossil. It also led to increased scrutiny of other discoveries, with scientists becoming more cautious about accepting new finds without the rigorous examination to them. The identity of the hoaxer uh, behind the Piltdown Man remains a mystery to this day, unfortunately. Even though the Piltdown Man may have been a fraud, it remains a fascinating part of history of paleontology and the quest to kind of understand human evolution. And now it's time for our third and final story and final hoax of today's show. This is in a similar vein where something is discovered to be buried in the ground, and that is the Cardiff Giant. So this happened back in 1869, and a group of men were drilling a well on the farm of a gentleman called William C. Stubb Newell. No idea why he had the nickname Stubb. I'm sure we can figure that out later. This happened in Cardiff, New York, where they made this shocking discovery, and they uncovered this 10-foot-tall petrified man buried in the ground. Now, this giant had chiseled features, it had an impressive physique, and it was believed by many to be the remains of an actual real-life giant that once roamed the Earth. As you can imagine, news of this Cardiff giant spread very quickly, and people came from all over to see it. 
People paid money to see the giant, and it became this kind of major attraction. It even caught the attention of famous showman P.T. Barnum, who offered to buy the giant for $50,000, which is a huge sum of money back then, but was eventually turned down. But, of course, as with all these stories, the truth about the Cardiff giant was far from what kind of people believed. It was, in fact, a gypsum statue created by a gentleman called George Hull. He was an atheist and tobacco farmer, and one of those facts is very relevant. He was inspired by a debate... Debate might be a little bit of a wrong word there. He had an argument with someone, basically, about the David and Goliath story in in the Bible, how it states that giants once roamed the earth. So, as a sane, normal person would do, he went the petty route and had the statue, statue sorry, carved in Chicago and then had it shipped to New York, where it was then buried on Newell's farm, waiting to be discovered. So Hull and his accomplices, they, they waited, knowing that it would cause the sensation, and as we've learnt, it obviously did, and the Cardiff Giant became this massive attraction, and it drew huge crowds and earned Hull quite a lot of money uh, during the demonstrations and showing off of this, this giant. But obviously, it's in this list, so the giant was eventually exposed as a hoax, but not before it fooled many people. Even after it was revealed to be a statue, some still refused to believe that it wasn't a real giant. The Cardiff giant itself was later sold to the Farmers Museum in Cooperstown, where it remains on display to this very day, which I think is very cool. And I think one of the most interesting aspects of the Cardiff giant hoax is kind of the role it played in the debate over science and religion. So at the time, there was obviously this great deal of tension between the two sides, and the discovery of this giant was seen as evidence supporting the Bible's claim of giants in the Earth's past. But uh, the hoax kind of ultimately showed that people can be easily deceived, and that critical thinking and skepticism were necessary to separate the fact from the fiction here. And at the end of the day... No matter what side you kind of fall on, the Cardiff Giant remains one of the most famous hoaxes in American history, and a testament to the power of deception, really. It may not have been a real giant, but it certainly had a giant impact on the public consciousness. I think we've got enough time here for some rapid-fire fun facts before we wrap up this episode. So if you can't remember any of the details of the stories I've told you, here are some fun facts about hoaxes that you can pepper into any situation. First, the Fiji mermaid. It's a nasty to look at and not sexy in any way. It was actually a monkey's head sewn onto a fish's body and it was exhibited by P.T. Barnum in the 19th century. In 2009, a family falsely claimed that their six-year-old son was trapped in a runaway homemade helium balloon. The homemade helium-filled gas balloon, shaped to resemble a silver flying saucer, was released into the atmosphere above Fort Collins, Colorado, by Richard and Mayumi Heaney. They then claimed that their six-year-old son, wait for the name, Falcon, was trapped inside it. The 1994 Pog craze, which we all loved, which involved collecting and trading small cardboard discs known as Pogs, was actually started as a marketing campaign by a Hawaiian juice company. Well, here we are, at the end of episode one, where we have explored the fascinating world of hoaxes and uncovered some wild examples throughout history. We've seen that hoaxes can take many forms and can have a significant impact on society. 
Remember to always approach extraordinary claims with scepticism and critical thinking to avoid falling for deceptive hoaxes. Unless you fancy a bit of fun, then uh, dive headfirst into the crazy. So there are many more famous hoaxes that have existed throughout history. Please do get in touch with the show and let us know some of your favourite hoaxes, or even some that you have pulled off yourself. Don't forget to share your newfound knowledge about hoaxes with others. Of course, I want you to take the credit for these fun facts and look like the interesting, brilliant geniuses that you are. But maybe after that, you could point them in the direction of the show so that the vicious cycle of lies can continue. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Surface Knowledge. In our next episode, we will be diving into the surprisingly sweet world of honeybees. You've been listening to the Surface Knowledge Podcast, part of the GT5 Network. Be sure to subscribe and rate on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. To find out more information, head over to surfaceknowledgepod.com. We'll see you back here soon for another episode. Until next time, stay curious.